right, boss. What was the penalty? Holding 99 defense. Oh, how? How? Hey, can I invest in uh, some glasses for some people? Y'all got a fund for that? Like, I, like, it's not a bribe. I just want you guys to be able to see clearly. Well, I appreciate that. All right. What up, fantasy football world? Here we are back again. Episode number three of the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast, a part of the Air It Out Podcast Network. You can find us on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, and now Google Podcasts as well. And that was just in case, you know, you get impatient and not make it to the end. I want you to come back and try to find us on all of those places. Please listen, like, follow, click the little alarm bell so that you get notifications each time we post a new episode. And most importantly, please remember to give us a rating, preferably five stars, and then take a couple minutes to write a review. The ratings and reviews give us some really good insight into how we can make the show better. Please, please give us your feedback and remember to follow us at Air It Out Network on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening last week and an even bigger thanks if you came back this week to hang out with us again. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if things seem a little bit not quite the same, it's because they are not. I don't have my normal podcasting partner in crime here with me. He is out having the time of his life in Las Vegas, so I wouldn't feel too bad for him. But sitting in for Joe today, I would like to introduce you to the very experienced and highly rated fantasy football player in various formats, by the way. He's getting off to a mediocre start this year, a record of one and one. But don't let that fool you. He is a 2.5 time champion and formidable opponent. This is his second year in the Air It Out League. And just so we're clear, I know people get in their feelings when I say that about this league. But just so we're clear, the two championships he got were prior to the Air It Out League. We gave him the 0.5. Right. Last year, he and Joe split the top spot due to some unprecedented circumstances. And now he's on a mission to claim the top spot for himself, but not if I have anything to say about it. But welcome to the pod, the one and only Florida Fade. Hello, Air It Out uh, Network fans and listeners. I'm happy to be the first guest host on the third episode of the program. I am Eric, Florida boy, Florida Fade. And uh, stepping in for Joe this week, as Chantel said, we have an exciting week of football to cover. A few things happened last week. Ready to start the show. All right. Nice, 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 nice. He was nice enough to do this for free. So we have to, uh, I don't know, here, we'll, so we'll, right, we'll have to take him out. I don't know, buy him some food and a beer at some point to thank him for doing this. I definitely wasn't going to come out here on my own on only the third episode. I need somebody to lean on. But so I'll do my here best. we are. Good, yeah. good, good, good. One thing I wanted to just um, bring up to you, see what your thoughts are. I am a fan of many other, you know, sports radio shows, podcasts, Moving the Chains, Roto-Wire, Football Die Hard, stuff like that. This came up not on any of those, on another show that I listened to. The hosts were discussing how frustrating it is to not be able to accurately plan your lineup when there are so many injuries and everybody's got a questionable designation. They're not very transparent, at least not 100%. And you don't know what's going to happen from week to week when it comes to the injuries, right? We do not. And it, so, it seems it's, they're strategically not transparent. I'm glad you said that. Their actions. I'm glad so. you said that. So I guess in an, an attempt to force them to be more transparent, this host suggested that NFL players waive their HIPAA rights so that all of their, this was just a, just a suggestion. And it was, and you know what, he was even communicating it in frustration. Like they, they should have to waive their HIPAA rights and tell us everything that's going on, especially if it's a football related injury. I found it to be quite ridiculous. This is something that we are doing in recreation. Even if you're betting, if you're putting your life savings out there, losing your shirt, that's a personal decision. And I don't think anybody should ever be asking someone to waive what is a no. federal right in order to better position you in a recreational from my perspective, football players, they're athletes, but they're also entertainers. And True. I believe you referenced earlier, 
they actually do waive their rights with the team. The team doctors have full knowledge over all injuries, past injuries. They do. So what I think what you were thinking of is I did a little bit more digging, like, can they even ask them to do that? And I found that what they do is the players do sign a form that says they are giving up their HIPAA rights for their employer. So just for the league, which means their doctors can now release the information to the league and the league is free to do what it will with it. And so I think that's where you're going with them being strategic, right? In terms of what they, what they release. Also for trade purposes and uh, exactly. I didn't even think about that. So yes. So that's exactly what that says to me. So I interpret that to mean that it's, 100% 100% strategic. So I'm okay with it. I'm fine. You, I'm going to make the best decision I can with the information available to me and not demand that anybody surrender their personal medical records and rights in order that I uh, make a better wager. So that's I, just me. Though. I would just like to say that I, I do believe in the right of privacy. I was mostly speaking out of frustration. <laughs> after playing for 10 years or so, you find yourself in this position often where the After team, your Amari Cooper situation, right? <laughs> this, is, this is true. Yes. The team is not clear about the status of a player. It's a marginal or minor injury. And they'll wait till one hour or 30 minutes before kickoff. And their status is still questionable. And I understand it's a tactical decision sometimes, depending on who their opponent is, so they can't game plan around that particular player. But as a fantasy player, it's it's super frustrating. You only have so many spots for a wide receiver, so many spots for a running back. And if you draft it well, you should have adequate replacement sitting on your bench. And you need this, you know, life you, is busy. Yeah, so it's, you know what? We, we they could care less. And sure, I, I mean, that care. makes it all the more fun. Take a risk. Deal with the information you got. That's just what it is. But I just thought it was just a little tidbit that I found interesting. You know what I mean? That's a a feel for that. Someone actually being like, wave your HIPAA rights, you know, which is crazy. And just, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention for anybody who is not familiar with what the HIPAA laws are, they're basically in a nutshell, the right of an individual to have to provide consent or have knowledge of their medical information being disseminated to anyone, anytime. They have to give consent for that. And so he was suggesting that they have to waive that right if they want to play in the league, which is absurd. But Moving on. I just found it interesting. But anyway, it's official. Another week of NFL action is down for the count. It's official. Week two is in the books. So let's take a look at what happened in this uh, league of ours. Eric is going to lead us off on our uh, air it out update. uh, In the second week of the air it out fantasy league, uh, let's go right into our winners this week. We have Zulu Nation, the Rogue Warriors, our very own Battle Beast, Florida Faith, myself, and Bulldog Joe. Notables, Zulu Nation and Battle Beast are both 2-0, starting the year strong. On the other end of that, we have uh, that Grizzly and uh, 52 Fake Out, both with the uh, 0-2 on the board. Although, uh, you know, just looking at uh, that Grizzly's roster, Chantel, looks like they're definitely poised for a comeback. Listen, if I know anything about uh, that Grizzly, I know you can never turn your back on him in fantasy football. So just right. when just when you think that he's number eight, nine, ten, you turn around, look up, and he's four, breathing down your neck, right. getting ready to kick you out of the playoffs like he does me every year. But not this year. Not this year, that Grizzly. I just want to remind her, this is only my second year in the league. We have the best, what are we up? Best games, worst games. What do you think was most interesting this week? Looking around the league uh, this week, uh, we have uh, Daniel Jones, the uh, New York Giants quarterback. Had a great comeback win against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Posted uh, 37.95 points Mm -hmm. in that comeback attempt. We also had uh, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. And a 40-point uh, effort and a loss versus the Eagles. So right. I think it was Kirk that was heading up Zulu Nation's team that maybe, you know, I he definitely, so. yes. I think Kirk put up, what, 40? I'm sure that helped put him over the top for sure. Great performance. Yeah. And also had a solid performance as usual. Just uh, as I mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, a much sought-after draft prospect. I believe he dropped to three this year. But I can't right. foresee him ever... Hosting anything less than a double-digit performance this year, so yeah, 
I think, you know, I think he is back definitely looking solid. And to not to mention that, but uh, leading off, you said Zulu Nation, he is number one in the league right now. And he had a couple of years of bad luck when it came to drafting Christian McCaffrey, I think back to back. And then he got hurt really early, but he's off to a great start this year. So another formidable opponent, keeping my eye on him as well. Certainly that move from uh, Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers that shot Christian McCaffrey's uh, career. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking with that. Right. Last week, if you listened, we had the commissioner's corner and I posted a question. I got a lot of responses in private. No one was uh, bold enough to do it socially, but uh, we have another one for you this week. So Eric is kicking me out of my commissioner chair temporarily, and he has one that he wants to propose to you guys. I'd just like to speak on, you know, it's, it's just a matter of opinion, but how many IR slots, going back to what we spoke about earlier, should be available on the roster? Currently in our league, we have one spot for an injury reserve player. But considering the injuries to huge notable players, getting to a later Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Rodgers, it's not such a big deal if the player's out for the rest of the year. But if someone's expected back two, three, four, even five weeks, and you're trying to hold on to perhaps mm-hmm. more than one of those individuals, having the breathing room of another IR spot can make all the difference. Now, you, you might say, well, is that fair? Is it a disadvantage to the other players who may, for whatever reason, be lower in the waiver wire mm-hmm. that week? So I don't think it's a matter of fair. Like We have a 10-person league, which I feel is fairly shallow. I think there's more than enough options that come up on the waivers. At this point, I think having more than one IR spot is really just greed at that point. That's that's on the border of hoarding. Yes, that's on the border of hoarding players, especially when there's, a, I mean, there's only 10. So right. I think one is sufficient, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe this is a less controversial topic. So maybe we'll right. get a few more uh, public responses reference to IR uh, positions on in the league, but just, Four. Just, just one more note. Okay. I, I think it also rewards the player that pays attention, that's watching the reports, that's mm-hmm. reading all the media alerts to be able to snag one of these players and anticipate that they may be back sooner than expected. I do think that it adds a tactical angle that perhaps wouldn't be there. I don't know about tactical. I think it just seems to me that it makes it that much easier. It takes a little bit of the of the challenge away. I don't think there, I I really don't think there's a need for more than one. I can see that perspective. Yeah. Just a thought. All right, guys. So that's what's up in the air it out league. Moving on to the big leagues now. Let's see what's happening in the NFL this week. So in terms of trades and movement going on, the NFL trade deadline is October 31st and none other than Cam Akers, right? Found himself on the trading block. So apparently after being told not to suit up for the Niners game, Cam indicated that it was a surprise to him by taking to his uh, Twitter account. And in a nutshell, he said, this is not exactly, I'm not a Twitter person, but just to paraphrase, he basically said, hey, I'm just as surprised as you guys. I found out like everybody else in Gen Pop that I was not playing and that I'm on the trading block. McVeigh, on the other hand, says, nope, we had a clear conversation about it. And I, it was a coach's decision for him not to play. It was in the best interest of the team. So who really knows what's going it's on there? It's Yeah. It's a little bit of back and forth. But what do you think might be a good landing spot for him? That's tough. And I'm not sure if he gets picked up and suits up this week. He may have to. Probably not. You're probably right about that. a couple that. weeks. I think. But there are a lot of teams in need. Yeah. That, so. Well, that he's got that going for him for sure and injuries, you know, right. <laughs> as well. So you got maybe Barkley's going to miss a little bit of time. He might get something there over in New York or even Cleveland the Colts. Browns, sorry. Browns right. right. They've got uh, several places he could. So my opinion, you heard it here first, they're going to be a few more names I think we'll see before the trade deadline comes right. up in October. The think- first one, I think I mentioned before, King Henry. Okay. I believe, second time saying it, Tajay Spears is going to be the lead back in Tennessee sooner rather than later. And for Derrick Henry, I think it would be awesome to see him land in Philly. I think... On a contender. That, well, 
Yes, that. And I don't think they adequately addressed the run game this right. offseason with Swift and, and Penny. I don't think it was. Now the miles is gone. So I think, yeah, that's one. The other guy, Gardner Minshew. No one has said this yet. These are just things that I think will come up just based on what's going on with him currently. So I'm thinking Gardner Minshew, um, Richardson is in concussion protocol, but for all intents and purposes, it looks like he's going to do well in Indy. So I think Gardner is a serviceable quarterback that probably actually wants to play. So maybe he could, you know, land someplace where he'd see the field a little bit more. Jets, Cardinals. Maybe the Jets. Uh, I, I can't imagine that the uh, the Wilson experiment is going to continue too much longer. <laughs> you think it's an experiment? Well, it's a desperation move more than a, an experiment. Uh, you might be right. Well, Jameis Winston is another one. I think Derek Carr, if Derek Carr is nothing else, he's reliable. He does yes. not miss much time. Another player I think that wants to see the field more, Jameis Winston, he could, um, I think a good spot for him could be the Jets or even the Titans, actually. I think the Jets is an ideal situation with the receivers and how Winston previously has played in this league as a big play quarterback. Right. He would fit right in in that system. I think his personality misses that for sure. Oh, yeah. And so I know that he plays his role and has matured a lot, but I feel like he still wants to be out front. And if he has a chance to go someplace where he can get that opportunity, I think he'd, he'd be up for Just it. Just make so. sure to secure all the crab legs within the 50 mile <laughs> perimeter of the Jets Stadium. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes up. And lastly, I'm going to say Hunter Renfro, right? Everybody right. was so high on Hunter Renfro going into the season. So far, zero targets in the opener, one target last week for one catch. He's going to be like, get me out of here. He's definitely better than what his stats show. And right. I believe he's in the wrong system. That could be, could be. I think I like the Browns for him. What are you? What are your thoughts? I'm not sure if the Browns necessarily mm-hmm. uh, is the best landing spot for him. Perhaps team just with needs a little bit more depth is trying to make a run. Maybe for Hunter Renfro. Really? Okay. I'm not sure if he's prime time. He's you uh, want him to bring him in to be. One of your main receivers. I know. I agree that he is better than what these first two weeks of stats are showing. But sure. and with this coming yeah. up, though, but I mean, I think zero targets, one one catch in the right. following week, though, one target in the following week. I'm telling you, he's going to be like, get me out of there. So if you don't think the I get it, you know, maybe not the Browns. But speaking of them, I know that many of their fans this week are ticked off after Monday night's game. Right. Yes. Did you watch? I did watch. And I will say they are rightfully ticked off because of the no P.I. call at the end of the game, right? What do you think? Was it or am I mistaken? Because I think it was a clear I thought it was pretty clear cut. Okay, good. Pass interference. But as far as this issue goes, the league is so unclear year over year. Yeah. What actually constitutes pass interference? But when you have like a blatant no call like that, I mean, of course, you can't help but be a little pissed off, I'm right? Frustrated so, if I'm a fan. very frustrated. For so, sure. that completion or that PI call lets them keep moving the ball down the field, right? Puts right. them in field goal range, which gives you a tie. And then you they go into OT or even a couple shots at the end zone. It was well more than a minute on the clock, right? So, I don't know. But, and, um, the, the way that game went, though, I, I can't be too disappointed. I, I would say I'd be more upset over the non-PI call at the end of the Denver game and the uh, when they were going for two Okay. after that great Hail Mary throw by Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the game? I did see that. Yes. Yes. That, thank you, Russell. That won me my week. <laughs> I would... I would feel like the game had been stolen from me after. That that was the same thing with this Browns game. It was literally, um, well, the opportunity. Okay, you know what? This game was definitely for sure stolen from them. Their rookie corner, Joy Porter, right? Clear pass interference, no call. It's all over. I don't know. That wasn't the only upsetting thing. They just, it was the piling on. Not the only upsetting thing in that game. They lost Nick Chubb, right? Terrible tragedy. Severe injury. Don't want to see it. 
I think, you know, I, I didn't watch. I didn't do, um, well, you know what, and then they didn't replay it a bunch of times either, which I was thankful for. But I think um, these injuries this season, they just they just won't stop. So first we had they, Aaron Rodgers, Dobbins, now this. So according to uh, Coach, uh, I think it's Stefanoski, the Browns coach, Chubb is uh, having season-ending surgery, multiple torn ligaments, and that's quite the shakeup in uh, many of the leagues. So... Monday, I think, is the preliminary injury report, and I believe the official report comes out on Friday. So in addition to Nick Chubb, there were several others that showed up on the report, and that, (laughs) with the questionable designation again, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a lingering lingering issue, but also being reported might not even play on Monday against the Rams which is a big thing in fantasy, right? Second, David Montgomery, also questionable, being reported as day-to-day, the thigh injury. Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Yes. He exited the Seahawks game, but it was only cramps. So that's... He he returned, though, at the end of the game. Did he come back? I I thought he he was questionable to return. Did he come back? Oh, good. Well, they still have him on the report with a questionable designation, so... Okay. But hopefully... It didn't sound too serious to exit I think it was a minor issue. Cramping or some kind of... uh, Hydration issue. Well, they keep piling up. You've got Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, both out of Green Bay, wide receiver, running back, respectively, both on the injury report is questionable. No real information. So you have to check back there on Friday or the, when the official report comes out. Colts, quarterback Anthony Richardson is in uh, concussion protocol as well as wide receiver Jaden Waddle. This is insane. I think Coach McDaniel in Miami says Waddle is progressing through the protocol and assuming that they both pass, we'll likely see them suit up Sunday, right? Giving the team that he plays for, I would hope that they err on the side of caution considering what happened to the quarterback last year with Tua. Good point. Feel like that after they rushed Tua back last year, brought a lot of negative attention to the team. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh, okay. Are you going to risk this man's long-term well-being? No, yeah, you're right. But I think as they evaluate them, I think they only have to sit out if they actually say they have the concussion. But you're right. I think Tua was evaluated. They said he was fine. He went back and then he had, right. So, you know what, that might be, that's interesting. I didn't even consider that might be, you know, weighing on them. And so we'll see if we even see Waddle come out or what the report will look like on Friday. That's that's a they good point. They could certainly use him. He's played well this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then what else we've got? Uh, let's see. Saquon Barkley, right? He is reported as doubtful and unlikely to play in the upcoming week. I think an ankle injury. Yes. So, I mean, there's I so many. ankle sprain, which <laughs> okay. isn't too serious, but you get a little nervous when you talk about Saquon and injuries. True considering the short time he's been in the league. And just the position in general is taking a beating. So, you know. It's not a good year for running backs. (laughs) Well, many others are still on the uh, report as well. Gainwell, Ayuk, Metcalf, all on the preliminary report, excuse me, with a questionable designation. So pay attention, check your lineups, and plan accordingly. Hopefully we are uh, able to help you out with that. Right? Yes, that's what we're here for, to do our best to help you out. navigate some of those injuries. The injury landscape just keeps getting worse and worse. It's completely nuts. And so for sure, one thing is the uh, fantasy waiver wire burning up in the fantasy world. I don't know. Before we jump to the waivers, let's say, I don't know, who do you have as the uh, stars this week? Kirk Cousins, unexpected, 40 fantasy points put up against the Eagles. I didn't see that coming at all. Kirk was able to pull off 364 yards, four TDs against a secondary that's ranked number six, right? So I'm going to say that he has a good shot, I think, at uh, maybe another good week, putting up some decent numbers. He's got the Chargers this week. They are a number 10 ranked uh, secondary. So I think that could look good for Kirk. But who else stars this week? I'm going to go Kyron Williams, the heir apparent to Cam Akers. Yep. He put up 28. 28 fantasy points and a nice uptick from the previous week where he put up 17. So I like to see the trending upward stuff. He's got the Bengals this week. I think they rank somewhere around 14th in the run defense, but they're off to a rocky start. So they've seen better days. And I'm going to say Williams is going to continue to trend upward for now. 
As far as uh, Wes out there, they had a great week. Uh, Christian Kirk of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's always kind of an unknown where Trevor's going to spread the ball to. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a favored receiver per se. Right. That's the Mahomes-esque. Yes. So there is no number one here. No number one. Right. right which makes him a great quarterback. But Kirk had a great game in a loss to the Chiefs. Jags offense still looks solid, though. Okay. My second uh, winner of the week, uh, I'd have to go with CeeDee Lamb. Nice. He's been very consistent mm-hmm. there at Dallas as the number one option. Differing from the last quarterback, Dak Prescott certainly <laughs> plays favorites. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb is definitely his favorite. Okay. Well, I mean, and, CD, yeah, clear-cut number one over there. Right. For sure. I believe he put up 25, 26 points, which mm-hmm. is serviceable. It wasn't... No, that what, who Dak or CD? CD Lamb. Okay, CD that's Lamb. that was pretty yeah. good. A big uptick from last week because I think they ran mostly. They put they up did. forty points, and I think the receivers, even the quarterback, had very low fantasy numbers. So it was due. It was their turn. It was, and right. good thing about CD is even when Dak has a mediocre game, usually any passes that he does complete are coming his way. So he's a solid week to week performer. Also had a great week, uh, Devontae Adams, in the loss to uh, Buffalo. Garoppolo pretty much is the man we expected and we knew from San Francisco. Right. But uh, as far as fantasy goes, uh, it's been feeding the rock to Devontae. So. I think Devontae wouldn't have it any other way. And so no. it's almost yeah. like a uh, do this or answer to me situation. Not, it has not been that way um, publicly, just a feeling that I get. I believe he... He said a few things to the media. It, right, yes. right, right up to the well, line, right up to right up yes. to the line, right. So I, I agree. He I want is, else um, if, if I'm not getting the ball. <laughs> right, not a habitual line stepper yet, but tap dancing on it for sure, right there. Yeah. for sure. So who's off to a cool start? I'm gonna, I'll give you my couple that I think did not, um, that are having a little bit of trouble warming up. I'm going to say Najee Harris off to a very cool start considering his ADP in PPR leagues was late first round, early second round, depending on the depth of the league. Of course, in overall formats, he was drafted somewhere between 23rd and 26th. And he's been on the field consistently as the Steelers lead back, but has not amounted to any significant production fantasy or otherwise. So he's got a total of 10 or 11 fantasy points in a PPR leagues. He's got 10 or 11 points over two games. Very sad. The only person that makes me sadder, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has an ADP of two. I drafted him very early in the first round. Overall of ADP of four in every fantasy format, he went very high. Nothing below five, every every format. But I got to say, so far, this one, I think, has really taken the wind out of fantasy owner sales. But I'm not going to advise anyone to give up on either of them really just yet. We're still very, very early. I do think there's still time to turn it around, but I have been bitten by that wait and see bug. I'm going to say another game or two and maybe start kind of reevaluating and see your rosters if you have any of those uh, kind of cool start guys. Just to piggyback off Brees Hall, he was also in my bottom portion. Wait, of- Najee or Brees Hall? I'm, wait, oh, which my one? correction. Najee Harris. Najee, okay. Yes. That Steelers team, they have, leave the offensive coordinators, uh, Matt Canada. Whatever scheme he's running is not focused on the run game whatsoever. Really? Yeah. I was looking at the stats. That's the problem. Okay. They ran a little bit more versus in the Cleveland game on Monday night, but I think the week prior, they only ran 10 times the whole game. And as soon as they go down, it's pass, pass, pass. Okay. So I think some of uh, Harris's performance is more due to the scheme that he's in versus to who he is as a player. So we'll see if that evolves over time. I think they're just trying to get Pickett going. Okay. It is the high hopes with the, got a lot of young receivers and uh, well, one of them's out, Deontay Johnson. Right. Should be back in a couple of weeks, but Harris is a player to watch. Well, you heard it. Florida Fate says, be patient. That uh, scheme is going to change and then he's going to ball out. So we'll see. Call him with all of your, (laughs) we'll post his number in case uh, it doesn't go as he said. You can give him all your grief. But who else do you think? Anybody else that you think is off to a cool start that maybe might warm up or just get colder the rest of the year? I also have to address Joe Burrow. Burrow, I know. Oh, man. 
I don't believe he lost anything from last year. I think whatever this lingering issue he had, and he didn't work it out in the preseason. I believe you guys talked about that last episode. Mm-hmm. And not getting the reps in. And, in the preseason, yeah. And chemistry is huge, especially with a big play quarterback like uh, Burrow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that quarter second, whatever it is, connection on those long routes is not something you just walk right back into. So I, I would expect him to get back to his prior self. Okay. I, I would hope that he plays this week. Did you know the nature of... Uh, it's the calf injury. It's the calf, uh, right? Yeah. It's those HIPAA laws that prevent us right. from knowing all the details. No, but anyway, I'm just messing around. But yeah, it's still that lingering calf. Which is what is they tough because you, you have to drive so, with the legs. We'll, we'll see. see. I don't we'll know. See. But uh, so if uh, if you don't have any other uh, hot or cold guys, let's go uh, see what's up on the waiver wire. So I'm going to start with uh, guys who are long gone, and then I'll go into uh, sleepers I think you should be grabbing now, guys who should be long gone. So first, foremost, let me say, Puka Nakua, if you had dreams of him, if you had any hope of grabbing, it's over. He's up. He's gone, and he's not going to be let go again. So move on. Keep looking for someone else. He's he's going to, going forward, star star is risen. He's going to be a solid wide receiver one or two. So just put it out of your mind. For most rosters, he'll be there until Cooper Cup is back. There's no solid time frame on Cooper Cup right now. I think he's estimated to return week five, maybe, from the pup list. And who knows, maybe even longer than that. So get Nakua out of your mind. Congratulations to those of us, or not us, because I was not one, but those of right. you who were able to get and hold on to him. So now, if you're still looking, I'm going to Tutu Atwell. I think he is showing up about 26% rostered in most leagues. So you should have a good chance of grabbing him. He's got solid production. I believe it'll continue even after Cooper Cup returns. For me, Pukunakua and Atwell are reminiscent of the Cooper Cup and Robert Woods days there. What would happen if Cup returned because Puka and he have such similar playing styles that it's Puka's numbers, I think, who would take a hit. Yeah. And I think Atwell will probably stay at least at the same level of production that uh, tandem there. That's just my, you know, that's my take. I could be completely wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. But that's what I think will happen in that situation. I'm going Zach Ertz. So if you're in need of a tight end, um, I'm saying Zach Ertz surprisingly. Zach Ertz has 18 targets over two games. That's more than any other tight end in the league right now. So it's clear that he's getting more than enough attention from Dobbs. So if you're struggling at tight end, I would take a good, long, hard look at Zach Ertz. He's only 11% rostered in most leagues. And what, week one, he put up, I'm going to, I think, eight. And then in week two, 11 fantasy points, which is not a huge jump, but still an okay uptick for him. So if you're that's good progression. It's some, right? So yes. it, but if and especially if you are in need of that position. Are, are hard to come by. So they they can be and you know that Dobbs is looking his way. He's got 18 right. targets in the first two weeks. So I wouldn't shy away from him. But if you don't like Ertz, next in line for a tight end, I'd go Hunter Henry. He's okay. about 56% rostered, killing his projections. 16 fantasy points week one, 17 in week two. That's extremely solid. Both of his projections were less than 10 for each week. I think they were like six points each week. And he's killing the projections. I don't see any of that stopping. I think Mac Jones is quite comfortable with him. No reason to think he would uh, suddenly put a halt to that. I think over the last two games, he's got what? Let me see. 100 yards, 13 targets, two TDs. It's great numbers. Good numbers for us. So especially if you're in need, I know for sure he should still be on plenty of uh, waivers. I don't, I don't believe Mac Jones is going to develop a deep arm so, between now and the end of the season. So Even better. <laughs> so even better. And then if need of, let's say, a running back, I'm going to go Kyron Williams. Again, we talked about him being a, one of the fantasy stars this week, putting up good numbers at running back. He's only 64% rostered, which I thought would be much higher. I thought he'd be one of the people that should be long gone by now. He should have been gone last week, especially seeing the way things played out with Cam Akers hardly getting any use in that first week. 
It's, I think it, it should have people should have kind of been leaning that way. So I'm surprised to see only uh, 64 percent. But if he's available, I would say run, don't walk, grab him off of the uh, waivers. And what do you what say you, Eric? I'll start with the uh, running backs as well. OK, uh, my top recruit right now would be Jerome Ford of uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, as soon as Nick Chubb went down, he stepped in and had a very serv- serviceable game. It's currently only 19% rostered with Chubb being out for the extended season. You know, as long as they don't pick anybody else up, I expect him to get a lot of work in that offense, especially with uh, Deshaun Watson not necessarily lighting it up. He's been okay, but this remains to be seen. And, uh, you know, Mark Cooper did play, but he's also still dealing with uh, injury. And I don't have a lot of faith in the other receivers there. So I believe that. Yeah, because I told you they need Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. (laughs) I told you he would be all right. See? You might be right. You might be right. Also, uh, Raheem Mostert Mm -hmm. of the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, had a great game against New England this uh, previous week. I have to check the numbers on uh, how highly rostered he is, but I don't think it's over 60%. Probably not. I don't know off the top of my head what his numbers would be, but I don't think he would be... Definitely less available than Jerome Ford. But, you think uh, so? I think I, he, he's probably more. You think you wouldn't think so? He's more. Well, I, uh, I more people have picked him up versus. Oh, okay, got versus it. Versus Ford. So okay. Far. As Ford is not as well known a name, right at this point. Yeah, but, uh, but people believe he will me. Be. Yeah, he will he's <laughs> he will be. <laughs> but uh, uh, Mustard also has dealt with uh, injuries in the recent past. Uh, he's a very quick guy. It's a system that runs on speed, and uh, I expect him to be used consistently for the rest of the year. Moving on to quarterbacks, Sam Howe of the uh, Washington Commanders mm-hmm. had a great start to the year so far, and uh, looks like he could be turning that franchise around. If you're in need of a second quarterback or you're in the league with a uh, quarterback as a flex, that might be someone that you want to have eye out on. That wraps it up for uh, my waiver wire guys. Uh, yeah. Well, if I could back up just a little bit on your waiver wire guys. So Jerome Ford, right? I right. I have to say, so you said serviceable. I have to say, I think he was a little more than serviceable. He came out, he put up 26 fantasy points on yeah. a very stout looking Steelers D. I think that this is his chance. He's going to ball hard for it. Not to say that Nick Chubb wouldn't get that starting position back once he's well, but Ford could potentially end up someplace else where he's getting a lot more run. I think that for that one game, he looked pretty, pretty good. Now, the other thing I'll say the word on the street is that the Browns are (laughs) circling the block and headed back to Kareem Hunt. He was brought in. They made that late night phone call. Yes, they made the late night phone call to their ex like, hey, Kareem, how you doing? Where you been? And Kareem came running, like in real life, right? Right. Kareem came running and supposedly he is working out with the team as we speak. No news on an offer or him signing yet, but um, my money is on that. If it is offered, he will. So I'm very curious to see how this uh. This, this plays well, out. You know, the, the Browns, I know Kareem Hunt has a mixed past as, as far as okay. off-the-field off issues, but the Browns is a good landing spot for him, seeing as they brought in Deshaun well, Watson right. they, they, already. They, so. <laughs> they made that phone they, call, right? Regardless of what their issues were in the past, right. they were like, baby, we can get, we can fix it. We can work on it. I've been yeah. to therapy. Let's, let's, we, we need you. Come on in here. And so Late we'll see. Texters of the league. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. And speaking on uh, bets of how things might turn out, one of the uh, places where you can place plenty, plenty, plenty of bets is in that DFS format. I know that I um, play it every once in a while. I know Eric's very, very familiar as well. So one of the things that I did this week was I went on to Prize Picks, which is a super, super, super simple situation, super simple app. Basically, you choose two or more players and you bet the over-under on their predictions. So this week, I put a couple dollars on the line of the Prize Picks app, said how much, I'm not going to tell you because stay out my business. But 
I picked uh, Mark Andrews, who has Indy with a uh, 49.5 receiving yard projection. I went with Calvin Ridley, who has Houston with a 65.5 receiving yard projection. I went with Justin Jefferson. He's got the Chargers projected at 94.5. CeeDee Lamb, Arizona projected at 70.5. So I took the over on all four of these guys because I'm an optimistic person. And I made a power play. So if I hit on all four of those guys, if they all four of those guys hit their overs, I'll win 10 times my bet. I didn't play the standard league, which is, you know, if you hit three of the four, then it's five times your bet. But where's the fun in that? So, but I think this is easy money. All of those guys with those matchups, I think should have no problem. But we'll see. We'll check back in and I'll let you guys know if I'm, you know, a few dollars richer or not. Or if I just threw all my money away, I swear all four of them better hit those overs. I, they, I'm, come on, 70 yards for C.D. Lamb in Arizona. I have believed. What would have to be going on for him not to get that number? I'm a believer. I think, he, and Buddha Baker's hurt, right? Yes. So uh, come on. We, this, this, is, this can be done. I see it done. happening. Right. Uh, well, it better. Anyway. Well, <laughs> so... We'll definitely be watching uh, those players that I mentioned in that uh, lineup and then those prize picks this week. And I'm sure they're going to show up in our uh, eight to keep an eye on. So every week we give eight games that we think are going to be the most exciting, the biggest impact, and we pick the winners of those games. So let's see what we got this week. Kicking off the first one, Falcons-Lions. What say you, Eric? I think this is actually a very interesting matchup. I think the Falcons have shown the projections had them for this year. I think uh, Ritter is definitely feeling more comfortable than what was expected. I like uh, Drake London, how he stepped up uh, last game after getting shut out in the first game, spreading the ball around. I know they're a run first offense, but they will have to throw versus the Lions. The Lions are putting up big points this year. You think they'll have to throw? Wow. Okay. I think they will have to throw. Okay. I think they'll be in a situation where they're probably playing catch-up. Okay, so who are you taking? I missed it. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Lions. You're taking the Lions? I'm taking the Lions in a close game, though. All right. I'm taking the Falcons, piping hot, 2-0. I say the momentum continues. I'm going Falcons. So let's say Bills, Commanders. Who are you taking? Bills, Commanders. I was just previously talking about Sam Howell, and I like how they're playing, but I'm going to have to go Bills here, thinking a pretty straightforward, straightforward match. They just outmatched them on both sides of the ball. So so I'm taking the commanders. Okay. I'm going, listen, Eric Bieniemy is not messing around over there. Okay. <laughs> he is playing no games. They are also on a 2-0 hot streak. It will continue. Let's go commanders. Shock the world. You okay. just wait. All right. Eagles, Tampa. Eagles, Tampa. I bear disclosure. I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I have been for my entire adult life. We're going to have to pick the Eagles here. Even with Tampa having a hot start, uh, surprising. You picked against your own I team? Oh, I did. Uh, you know what, what are people going to say when they hear this? <laughs> Florida Fade picks the Eagles. Yeah. Florida Fade picks the Eagles. Well, I picked the Eagles too because, duh, is right. Tampa. So Wow. Well, that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a gimme. So Titans-Browns. Titans-Browns, uh, that's a little more interesting. I think with the surprising rise of Jerome Ford, and I think that Deshaun Watson and having Amari Cooper back and still become comfortable with uh, his new offense that he has this year. Okay. I'm going to tentatively take the Browns. In this <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take the Browns as well. I'm not a believer in Tannehill at all. No. And Watson is playing well, I think. So I'm going to take the Browns. Broncos, Dolphins. Broncos, Dolphins. Uh, this is easy. I'm going to go, go Dolphins here all day. <laughs> I'm going to go Broncos. Russ needs this win. He, he is dying to silence the critics. And I think he's willing himself as close as he's come in these last couple games, closer and closer to that win. And I, he, he's going to do it this time. This week he gets over the hump. Let's go, Russ. I also think he needs to win, but I think his chance was last week. So. <laughs> All right. We'll see what Listen, happens. Russell is too good a person to be beat up on so bad. He's like one of my favorite people. Mind you, I've never met this man at all. He could be completely terrible. But his, his public persona is just so good. So I can't root against him. 
Let's go Patriots, Jets. I'm going to have to go with the Patriots here, and they're a stiff defense. Unfortunately, with the loss of Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure how many wins that uh, the Jets expect to put up this year. But also, I think that this contest would be closer than it looks on paper. The Jets still have a great defense, great corners, but uh, go with the Patriots here. I'm going to take the Jets. And I'm going to say that, you know what, this is, I think will be a confidence building game for the Jets. I think uh, they, since the loss of Rodgers, I think they have no better opportunity to pull it off uh, than the 0-2 Patriots. So I'm going Jets. I think they can do it. Yeah, that defense is uh, definitely going to be all over Mac Jones. And I think they can get a win for sure. Uh, let's go. Who are we up next to? Rams, Bengals. Rams, Bengals. Uh, I like this is a bounce back game, but only if Burrow plays. Obviously, if Burrow's out, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a wash. But I feel like after going down 0-2 and, you know, at least from his media personality, Burrow takes losing very seriously. Right. And he seems to be a proud young man. So I like this as a bounce back opportunity versus a surprising Rams team. A very surprising, very surprising Rams, Rams team. team right? And that's why I'm taking the Rams. I'm I'm taking <laughs> the Rams. The Rams came out very spicy. Nobody was expecting it. I like it. I think they're going to take this win. And we don't even know if uh, Joe Burrow's going to play or not. So even if he right. does, I, I think I'd still take the Rams. All right. And then we got... Uh, so wait, I'm sorry. Who oh, did you say you were taking? I missed it. I'm taking the Bengals. Okay, uh, we are we are we back. are definitely yeah. at odds here, yeah. Eric. I don't think we haven't agreed once. Well, except against my team. Well, right. I mean, come on. <laughs> but anyway, all right, Chargers Vikings. Let's see. Last one. This is our last chance. What say you? This is tough. This is tough because these teams love to choke. <laughs> Two biggest <laughs> chokers in the league. Tough call. I, I, I'm going to have to go Vikings. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're one for eight. Right. I'm going Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the 0-2 Vikings, they just can't seem to get, I think, into a rhythm. So anytime you've got Kirk Cousins putting up, what, 300-plus yards, four TDs, still no win, I think we might be looking at his last days there in, uh, with the Vikings in Minnesota. So we'll see. But, yeah, I'm going with the Chargers. I do expect there to be not a lot of defense played this game. Well, you'll hear about it next week. Hopefully you'll, you know, uh, listen up again and we'll we'll see exactly because there's going to be a lot of uh, one person's going to be extremely right and the other extremely wrong. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. Yep. So for now, let's uh, go into the segment that everybody loves. We've got the most feedback on this one. Everybody seems to like it very much. We get a little more player specific and Florida Fade specifically said he wanted this one. We're going to let him take the lead. It's uh, your favorite show up, show out, or shit show. So let's see. Take it away. All right. Uh, For the show up category, I picked uh, Joe Burrow at uh, quarterback first to Rams. Of course, you know, assuming he plays. Okay. You think he's just just a serviceable performance. Okay. Back on the saddle. For running back, I have uh, Derrick Henry. First the Browns, mm-hmm. uh, after watching that uh, Monday night game, I don't think he'll have over 100 yards, but I think he'll have a decent game, mm-hmm. especially with Tannehill's your other option. Don't really have much of a choice there. At wide receiver, picked uh, Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons. To show up. To show up. Okay. First Detroit. Like I said, seems like he's finally developed uh, chemistry with uh, Ritter down there. And I expect that to continue in a relatively high-scoring game versus Detroit. Tight end, I chose Travis Kelsey of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Still seems to be playing in a limited fashion. And I believe that uh, Patrick Mahomes is uh, trying to, like we said earlier, spread the rock around. Kelsey's always an integral part of that offense. He'll be there on Sunday. Defense, I have Carolina Panthers and uh believe uh check my the notes panthers here. i think yeah i think they have uh, seattle seattle mm-hmm. okay seattle is a interesting team after the first two games gino had a bounce back game and a thriller but uh i have the panthers 
showing that they held both uh, New Orleans and Atlanta to uh, under 25 points with not a lot of offense yeah, nice. from their side. So they're doing what they can. I think they'll show up. Nice. Okay. I'm going to give you my show up. Let's see. All right. My show up quarterback. I think uh, Ritter's going to show up versus the Lions. I think it'll be just like that serviceable performance. Nothing out of the ordinary. I think they will again rely on the run game. That's got them so hot and uh, 2 and 0. So I'm going to say he will show up though. Running back show up. I think Najee Harris this week may turn things around. I think that uh, he's under a little bit of fire. So he might not have a complete outstanding bounce back week, but I think he will do a little bit more than he has been just showing up. Wide receiver, I'm going Mike Williams at the Vikings, I think will show up as well. I think the Chargers have been throwing it much more. So I think uh, Mike Williams might be the target of that. He's been pretty good, pretty well over projections uh, so far in these first couple of weeks. Don't see that slowing down much. Right. So, but I think he's going to be pretty there. And we got one. Ding, ding, ding. We said Travis Kelsey at the Bears. I think Travis Kelsey is definitely going to just show up. And for all the same reasons you said, he seems to still be playing a little bit lighter than usual. So I do have him showing up, though. And then also we got another one, Panthers versus uh, Seattle. I think that Panthers D will definitely uh, just be a show up. They're able to kind of hold their own. Like you said, I'm in agreement with that. Not much offense. So we'll see what happens there. So Where do we agree this much? Right, too. All right. So moving on to uh, our show out. Show out. Let's go. I have uh, Lamar Jackson at quarterback versus a, so far, a very mediocre Colts team, young team. First game of the year wasn't great for Lamar, but uh, I saw signs of uh, his previous form last week. Versus the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So mm-hmm. I expect them to truly fall in the form versus the Colts this week. Okay. At uh, running back, I have uh, Travis Etienne of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, he's not uh, showing out like he, he did last year. He had uh, a couple truly breakout games. So you think this is his turn to turn that around? I believe this so. Season? Okay. And uh, he played the, let's say they played the Chiefs last week, but uh, they have a much more favorable matchup this week. So expect him to show up. Okay. At wide receiver, I have uh, A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. They're playing my team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's actually not as got as many targets as to be expected of last year. Devontae's actually gotten most of the, the catches so far, so... I actually think that might turn around versus the the Bucks secondary. Okay. At uh, tight end, I have uh, TJ Hawkinson of the uh, Vikings versus the uh, Chargers. He's had two great games so far. Uh, the Chargers defense is not something that I believe in. I expect a high-scoring game and him getting a lot of work. At uh, defense, I have the Patriots versus the Jets. You got the Patriots to show out on defense? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I truly believe Zach Wilson is not ready. Uh, <laughs> He's they, not ready for Bill Belichick. No. They, okay. ra- they ran into, you know, arguably the best defense in the league right now, the, the Cowboys last week. I think this Patriots defense is kind of overlooked stronger mm, than what they think. I and can't agree. I think they're a long way from the Cowboys defense. I don't think they're in the same category as the Cowboys. Right. They played Miami better. If you watch the game. They slowed him down, and there was a few big plays that they bid on, which is to be expected when you got Tyreek Evans and, and Waddle on the right. team. Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah, or sorry, excuse okay. me, yeah, Tyreek Hill and yeah. uh, and Waddle. But uh, the Jets don't have any quarterback that can throw deep down the field like that. So I, I just don't see it happening. That's it for your show out. So I'm going to kick off mine. I'm going Brock Purdy at New York for the show out. Uh, he was okay last week. I think this is his chance to put up some big numbers. I know New York had a big comeback in their game. I don't think they're going to be doing the same thing any or anywhere close to it on that Niners defense. I wouldn't be surprised if they were held to a very, very low score in this game. So, But Brock Purdy, I think, is going to do his thing. Running back, I'm going Ford versus the Titans, right? So okay. the Browns got the Titans. I think he's definitely going to show out. This is his opportunity. He is looking to, if not stay in that lead back position, at least like shop himself to other teams that might need it. So I think he's got a chance to do that there. 
Another one where we agreed, A.J. Brown in Tampa. So A.J. Brown, we all know the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? I did see the interaction with him right. and Hurts at the end of the game. And right. I suspect, we may never know, but that there was some complaining about that it's number of targets. Right. So I would not be surprised if you're correct. We see a little correction there and it's a little more balanced than everything going to the uh, Slim Reaper over there and at the Eagles. We agree again, Hawkinson versus the Chargers. I definitely think, again, the Chargers D is just okay, mediocre. I think Hawkinson um, will be relied on quite a bit in this one. He'll put up really good numbers. And for defense, I think the Jets are going to show up in in uh, the Patriots in New England. Yes, I, I got the Jets to show up as well, slash Niners against uh, New York. So. Got a yin and yang thing going on here. <laughs> yeah, the Jets are for sure, I think, uh, going to be all over Zach Wilson. I'm sorry, all over uh, Mac Jones. And now, okay, uh, here we go. Right, for shit show. You won't be surprised by my pick at quarterback. I have uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> First You're right. I'm not surprised. I could have told you that. Yeah. After uh, his three-pick performance uh, versus the Cowboys, I think his confidence is shot. I think coming into the that season, you know, expecting to learn from Rodgers. And, you know, after the first emotional win, comeback where his receivers saved him on that. Uh, I know. Yeah. So you, that, you think they're maybe pass. emotionally spent at yes. this point? Okay. Yeah. And the reality sinking in. <laughs> Okay. In New York. So All right. expect a shit show there. Running back, I have Reese Hall versus the Patriots. So, I, yeah, there's a couple Jets here. Uh, <laughs> I don't see them getting any push against that uh, pass D-line. So okay. So just continue on from there. At uh, wide receiver, I have uh, kind of a surprising choice. Uh, Devontae Adams of uh, the Raiders versus uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They were exposed. By San Francisco in that uh, home opener. I really like how they played Monday night. And I think that's a developing better defense than what they what they showed in that first game. So I also don't believe in Garoppolo. I know that's his number one target. But I think they'll force him to choose some other targets. They're going to double him. They're going to force him to situations where he's uncomfortable. He's a great receiver. But Garoppolo is not the one to... Throw it in and on the double coverage and, okay. and make completions. So right. uh, at tight end, I have uh, Darren Waller of uh, the New York Giants first uh, San Francisco. Ouch. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, they had a great comeback win against Arizona. But uh, and he is he is a target that uh, Daniel Jones looks for. But uh, the San Francisco linebackers just next level. So I, I don't see him having a lot of success there. And at uh, defense, I have uh, Indianapolis Colts for a dramatic, uh, dramatic meltdown. So you think they're going to be a shit show? So I'm going to go ahead and do my uh, start off my shit show list here with my quarterback. Uh, it's going to be Daniel Jones against the 49ers. Not going to nothing doing there. Nothing okay. doing there. Complete shit show. I'm going in the running back position. I'm going to say Cook and Buffalo versus the Commanders. I'm here for the commanders. I think they are playing no games and it's much easier for them, I think, to continue on that hot streak. And while the bills are still kind of building back up to it, I like the commanders going for, I'm saying Cook will be a shit show there. Wide receiver, I went Drake London at the Lions. Okay. I think they're going to, again, Atlanta will be relying on that run game. As they have been, I don't think that he will make much of a splash there at all. Tight end. Now, I know I said this person has been performing well, and if you need him to grab him off the waiver wires, but I'm a big believer in the Jets' defense, so this may not be his best week. I'm going Hunter Henry. I think the Jets, everybody knows what happened to them offensively, losing Aaron Rodgers. Yep, not ideal quarterback situation with Wilson. So the defense is the only thing they got got going for them that they got to hold on to. So I think they're playing, that defense is playing all out, lights out. And I think that's what they're going to do against the Patriots. So I'm going tight end, Hunter Henry, nothing doing. Defense, I'm going Chicago versus Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is going to go nuts. Yes, I agree with that. And uh, sorry about that. I have my nose mixed up here. No worries. Uh, For the Colts, they're playing the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So that just goes back. I, I believe this is Lamar Jackson's week. 
he starts to show us been capable of in the past. And then, you know, injuries have made him take a step back, but signed a big contract mm-hmm. and seen signs of progression this year. So I feel like this is the game. We'll see. We'll have, we'll be held accountable for this, that all that we're saying next week when it comes out. So we'll see. All right. I think that'll do it for us this week. Please do come back and hang out again with us next week as we grow this little baby of a podcast into a full-grown adult. Thank you so much, Florida Fade, also known as Eric, for coming, sitting in, filling in for Joe. Thanks for allowing and me on the show. Thank you for lending us your star power. Maybe that'll help, you know, boost our numbers here. So where to find us? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts now. And remember, please, please, please listen, like, follow, rate, and review us on any of those platforms. The reviews are super, super important. They help us get better. They help us move up in those podcast uh, rankings and charts. We definitely want that. So don't forget to rate, review, actually write a review, listen, like, get the notification uh, bell going so you know when we post a new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Air It Out Network. Thanks one more time to Florida Fade, aka Eric. We appreciate your listening and all your support. So signing off this week, this is the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is written, produced, and recorded by me, Chantel Brooks, and Joe Bishop as a part of the Air It Out Podcast Network. Recording mixed and mastered by Alexander N. for DB Sound.